0: Welcome to episode 7 of series 2 Our World, God's World. Today's guest is Sarah Voss. Sarah is currently living in Orlesund in Norway with Lasse, her husband, and two small daughters. Norway is a magnificent country with its fjords and mountains, and Orlesund is incredibly beautiful, a hot spot for tourists. A cruise ship destination. But all of that is in the summer. The long winter is dark and cold, challenging the inhabitants with all that that brings. Sarah has a deep and resilient faith. She has served God in many places. As someone working for the Mother's Union, based in London, she has travelled to many countries, encouraging women and families, especially where life is tough. I first met her as a frequent visitor to South Sudan. Her faith has enabled her to withstand a number of personal challenges. In recent years as a young mother, she has gone through the darkness of depression, a horrible place that endured for several years. But somehow Sarah never lost sight of the presence of God with her in the darkness. Here she, in her words, traded pain for joy. In this podcast, she wants to share the wonder of hope in the darkness. She reaches out to people going through pain and loss and seeks to connect them with God. Sarah currently works for Wywam, that is Youth with a Mission. She is a missionary of the good news. If you're looking for good news in a dark place, Sarah is speaking to you. Well, today I have with me Sarah Voss. Sarah, would you like to introduce yourself, say where you're from and what you do? I'm
1: I'm from England or my father is English and my mother is Finnish, but I grew up in Germany and Belgium and now I live in Norway and I'm currently a mother and yeah that's what I do.
0: (laughs) A full-time mother?
1: Yes I would say so yeah I, I was
0: also working with
1: YWAM for quite a while but at the moment I'm doing that less and concentrating on my kids.
0: YWAM that's youth with a mission? Yes yeah. That's very interesting coming from so many different places so how many languages do you speak Sarah?
1: It depends to what degree you're talking about, how well, but I speak English and German quite well, then probably comes French, then Norwegian and then Finnish in terms of order of how well I speak them.
0: <laughs> I first met you when you were learning Arabic.
1: Yes, that's right, but oh, I
0: never got there. I know some words, but
1: i yeah, I never got properly into Arabic, unfortunately.
0: but you did work in Africa.
1: Yeah, I worked a few years in Africa. Yeah, maybe five years.
0: So which countries did you work in?
1: I probably primarily worked in South Sudan, where we met. (laughs) Yes. Uh, You and me, and also mainly post-conflict countries, both with the Anglican Church, but also with a research company. And and before that, with another NGO in Western Sahara, Yeah, with three different organizations.
0: You have quite a wide experience for someone of your age, I'm not going to ask you to tell me how old you are, but you can tell me how old your children are, and that will give some people an idea of how much experience you've got
1: <laughs> i don't know i i'm thirty almost thirty six
0: and how old are your children
1: Four and one
0: Well done, congratulations Thank you. So would you like to describe where you live now? This is the first of the eight questions. Would you like to describe where you live using four adjectives?
1: Yeah, I live in a mountainous area. The mountains are spectacular. It's a very spectacular area of natural beauty with big mountains and the fjords and ocean. So I guess spectacular is one word. Poilisant is interesting. There's a lot of beaches and places to go and yeah nice cafes and museums and there's lots of interesting things to explore here
0: cafes and beaches and it sounds exciting
1: <laughs> yeah it's a nice
0: city you get a lot of tourists
1: yeah uh not recently but before in the summers there were a lot of cruise ships that were touring the region coast and yeah there's a lot of tourists coming usually
0: Dramatic fjord scenery.
1: Yeah, and one of the famous fjords uh, is only an hour and a half away from here. So a lot of people came to kind of see the city and then see the Gairanga fjord. Other words, cold. (laughs) It's the coast, the north, you know, it's in the north. So it doesn't get very warm here. It can, but not very much. Um, The winters are long and dark. So I guess cold is another adjective.
0: Thank you, Sarah. So question two, apart from personal things, what two things do you think about most?
1: So what do I think about, like, in terms of life and... Yeah,
0: yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah.
1: At the moment, I'm thinking a lot about the food I eat because... In January, I had a virus, which kind of shut my immune system down. So then I was hospitalized. After about a month, it got better, but I was left with chronic fatigue. And in that process, I learned a lot about the immune system and the body and uh, an institute. They helped me a lot to understand how I could get well, get better through what I was eating and not eating, because that's meant such a lifestyle change. such a shift. I think a lot about what I eat.
0: <laughs> yes,
1: one thing I just have to I have to think about what I eat I think the other thing I think a lot about I think is probably God yeah I think a lot about God and about my life with him and how I get, can get closer to him
0: thank you that is so different from the lives of some people some people would say that if they got sick they really wouldn't think about God much in a positive way They might get angry with him.
1: Yeah, I mean, of course, when in a way unfair things happen, you can blame it on God. But maybe because I think when I was, okay, this will sound probably totally crazy, but when I was in hospital, I just had this deep sense and I I believe it was from God (laughs) that I would get better and this journey wouldn't take so long. So I just had this deep certainty inside of me i i will be fine and there was no reason to believe that at that time the doctors had no idea what was going on i didn't even know that you could heal chronic fatigue through diet but through a certain path i managed to yeah actually pretty fast get in contact with doctors that could help me and that where i was set on this journey of like trying to heal my body relatively quickly because some people you know struggle with chronic fatigue a long time Yeah. And it's such a prison and it's a it's a terrible thing, especially if you have small kids. (laughs) So I think I and I guess I because I just felt this sense of care from God in it. And of course, it's unfair. You know, I had had four years of depression before that. So I just I did feel like, wow, you know, another thing. (laughs) But because I somehow felt such a sense of care within that. I wasn't afraid and I felt like I can do this. I can get through this. And even though I have small kids, you know, I'm sick. I somehow managed to change (laughs) not just my diet, but our whole family's diet as I understood what was better and what was actually healing to the body in terms of food.
0: Thank you. That is just so helpful. And I hope that other people listening to this will feel the hope that you experience and the healing too.
1: During this last These last few months when I've been sick, I I guess I had just this general feeling that I will be well. And that was sort of like a promise I was holding on to that helped me get through this time. But I don't think it's always like that. I think you don't always know what will happen. Uh, I think before, when I was depressed for quite a few years and I couldn't really trust my mind or my feelings to give me the right <laughs> information about a situation or myself I didn't really I didn't have that sense or that kind of even thoughts sort of promise that I would eventually get well but I think nonetheless I think it was an important time for me um, because I think God did a lot even in that time even though I wasn't certain what the outcome would be or what it would look like and and it's hard to kind of explain how it felt. I tried to put it into words. I wrote like a, a, short, a short, like wrote rhymes to kind of process my feelings. And in one of the rhymes, I write about how that I, you know, I'm in a dark tunnel with no light, no door, and that you know it's like I'm walking through a gloomy and dark fog. And but then, then I write, but then and now you hold my soul. A golden part within sits as in the eye of a storm, under shelter, at rest and warm. There is a constant hand I grip to the drowning, a rescue ship. Endurance holding on still a little while. My hope rests in you, I know, I'm your beloved child. And I guess during that time, even though everything seemed dark somehow, uh, yeah, those words... I wrote those words then and those kind of probably expressed the best what it felt like that I was just holding on and that something in me at the very heart of me was okay <laughs> and I think that promise that God is always with us that meant a lot during that time and I think you know strange way grateful for that time you know I wouldn't want to yeah I wouldn't want to go back there
0: <laughs> no thank you for being so honest for folk that might be suffering from depression and listening to this, can you give some idea of how you overcame it?
1: I guess everybody's journey is so different, and yeah, the causes are so different, uh, and also the severity can be so different. I think I, I think I got through it because I wasn't afraid of the dark. I didn't try to push away the dark and I can totally understand (laughs) when people don't want to go there and I definitely don't love going there but I felt like not that I embraced it but that I just let it I accepted it and I walked through it and like in that rhyme I wrote I felt like I wasn't alone in it like somebody and you know nobody really can (laughs) be there with you but God actually can and you really can and sometimes I honestly thought I'd go totally mad but I wasn't afraid something in me wasn't afraid and I think by kind of working through it and yeah trying to kind of also slowly and gently deal with myself be gentle to myself through that somehow I guess it took some time but I noticed that I was starting to get better and that my my mind was climbing out of Whole. Uh so I don't know I guess one can push away push it away but I guess I didn't walked through it and I would say I came out the other end stronger.
0: Tremendous. I'm full of admiration Sarah I really am.
1: <laughs>
0: I, God, I've never been there I've heard people talk about it and you don't know what to do when they're in that situation and you think, Well, how can I help?
1: Yeah, I think kind words, even though they can feel like a drop a drop in the bucket, you know, that I was very fragile. Like kind words meant a lot, I think. And yeah. I think kind of not I think accepting that person for who they are and kind of being like, you know, I'm gonna stay your friend no matter, you know, how how happy you are <laughs> you know. There is this sense of, you know, like friends that stuck with me. That meant a lot, Um, even though I wasn't maybe the
0: happiest person to be around. Thank you, Sarah. I think that's a wonderful, wonderful, honest testimony. Let's change tack and I'm going to ask you question three. What's your favourite book, movie, TV or radio show and why?
1: I think oh that's hard it's hard to tell what maybe my top favorite ones are but I mean I love sci-fi so I always love like just creative imaginative shows like Firefly that's just about like these guys out in space or yeah so I love kind of creative imaginative shows
0: that's television
1: yeah that's a, it's a tv series I think probably one of my top books, I mean, it's pretty obscure, but it was written about Rhys Howells. He was just somebody who prayed, I guess, <laughs> and le- later founded a Bible college out in Wales.
0: Yeah.
1: The book is called Intercessor. And it's just this, <laughs> yeah, this random book, but it was a really inspiring life of somebody who who basically said to God, you know, really, I will give you my life, just use it and really crazy stuff happened in his life. And it makes me feel like, wow, if we really go for it, if we really say to God, my life is genuinely yours and we don't have a back door open somewhere, (laughs) we really surrender to God, you know, what can happen. So that was a very inspiring read about, you know, somebody, just a normal Welsh man.
0: Yeah, but one who inspired you and inspires you. Uh, Thank you. So... If you were to become, question four, if you were to become a castaway like Tom Hanks in the movie, other than the obvious practical things, what would you most like to find in one of the FedEx boxes on your island?
1: Probably a Bible. Yeah. Just because it's 66 books in one and it would be, I think, hope-giving and inspiring and Mm -hmm keeping me alive kind of thing. (laughs) I was that alone. So I'd love to have a Bible. Yeah. I can't really think of anything else.
0: (laughs) How do you think you would cope on an isolated desert island?
1: I I don't think I'd cope very well, but yeah, I think there would be a lot of like, will I ever get out of here? (laughs) But I have thought that a lot in my life. So yeah, I think the most important thing is hope isn't there. Yes. So, I I would probably take with me something that would allow me to have hope that I can get out of, away from the desert island, like I'd bring a boat. Or,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the practical thing. Yeah, right. There's a few practical things we will have washed up, which uh, make life a a bit easier. Um, But I'm sure that you would find a Bible. And it wouldn't matter too much whether it was in English, German, French, or Norwegian, I think you could probably make something of it and uh, get the most out of it. Well, we can arrange for that and for you being rescued afterwards like Tom Hanks was, I'm sure. Mm. So question five is, where or when do you feel closest to God and or spiritual things? I think you've probably begun to answer this.
1: (laughs) I quite often... Well, I think actually why I'm grateful for becoming sick is because I've always wanted to have a deeper spirituality. And now in this time I've had to kind of, because I was very tired and had very little left after a day with kids and tiredness, all I really had, I didn't have energy for anything. I didn't, I couldn't watch TV or, you know, I, Mm. I just literally went into, just went into a room and closed the door and then just sat down and. Listen to music or read the Bible a bit and just rested. And in that, tried to lift my soul to God and say, hey, here I am. And I think those are probably some of the most precious times I've ever had in the last few months. So I think I feel closest when I basically choose to shut the door and say, here I am. And I've, I mean, I've done that before in my life. I don't know if I've always felt something and I don't always feel something now, but I very, very often I come out of that time feeling better, feeling happier, feeling more refreshed, feeling more hopeful. And I try and reread, you know, sometimes when you read the Bible or read even just a poem or anything that has inspired you, I just reread those things. And or passages in the Bible that have really stood out or inspired me, I reread those things, and it really helps me to be reminded. Oh yeah, this, yeah, that really kind of gives me something, gives me new life. So I, I rarely, or I, I would say actually, I never come out of that time without having something from it. I can also go for a walk, or do, listen to music, or do all kinds of stuff. But maybe also practically, I often had didn't have the energy to leave the house, so I enough to just be alone somewhere and
0: so when you didn't have the energy to do anything else you just turned your attention to God and you experienced him coming to you
1: yeah I would say so and pretty faithfully as well I mean he came I would say I always had a sense of peace come to me or something come to me (laughs) so yeah I always experienced a renewal in some way and so I've Even now that I'm getting better slowly, I continue that because there's so many things, you know, people, (laughs) news, you know, all kinds of things can take life from you. And so I have to do that, actually, to stay happy.
0: I would urge a lot of people to listen to that, Sarah, because that is such good news. Would you say God answers prayer? Well, (laughs) I
1: guess it depends what what are you asking for (laughs) but i think the one thing he will always answer is when you ask for more of him i think that prayer he will always answer maybe not right that second maybe not tomorrow but he will and that's a promise also in the bible if you knock the door will be opened if you seek you will find so i think i think that promise refers to him So I think, yes, some prayers he will always answer.
0: So we've got three more questions. The second question is, what's the best piece of good news you have received in the last month?
1: I think I was following this teacher. Actually, one of the great things about COVID is that so much is online. So uh, there's this uh, teacher from South Africa who's just doing an online course and I can join because it's the same time zone. So I, (laughs) and he was talking about Jesus really. And the way he explained how, what kind of authority Jesus has, not just on every level, not just in the, in what we see on earth, but in the unseen and uh, just the way he talked about how Jesus is above all things, and, you know, the Bible talks a lot about that, but it's sometimes a bit hard to understand what that looks like, and I'm not sure I'll be brilliant at explaining it right now. But it was so sort of life-giving to hear that Jesus is king over everything, and the way he managed to lay it out through scripture suddenly really inspired me and made me think, wow, yeah, he is above all things, and we don't always live that way, but... (laughs) And it's hard to believe it. And it doesn't look like it when you go outside. You know, the world isn't great, especially now in COVID times. It's very obvious. But to just understand that he actually has all that authority. He just chooses to use us to bring all things under his authority. (laughs) So it's taking some time. Yeah, I think that was good news.
0: That was good news. That is good news. Yeah. (laughs) And so question seven is, what's the best piece of good news you would like to receive in the next month?
1: I think I'm I'm just sort of wondering what, we've been here several years in Norway, and we're sort of at a threshold where we're kind of wondering what God would like us to do next, what we want to do next, (laughs) what is good for our children, and should we stay here, should we move somewhere else, and I guess a good piece of news would be, yeah, a sense of direction and a sense of certainty of what is next, I guess.
0: That brings us to the last question. Have you got a message to give to the world?
1: Oh, (laughs) that's an interesting question. I think my greatest passion is to see people do and be who they truly are called to be and to do what God made them for, what they, yeah, that if there wasn't fear, if there wasn't things in the way, what would they be doing? What Who would they be? And I have to fight with those fears. I'm still fighting with those fears. So I guess, (laughs) what do my message be? I know that that's my passion to help people to that place. So I guess I would love for people to know that you are important and the world needs the unique thing that you have to bring and the way to really discover that, I believe, is to work closely with God because he can really help you through fears. He can really pull that out of you and he can really help unfold that and the world needs that no matter what that looks like.
0: I think that's brilliant. I wholeheartedly endorse that, Sarah. <laughs> I think that's a wonderful vision. Thank you. It's been an absolute delight having you, Sarah, for this podcast.
1: Well, I've never done this before, so it's nice to try something new.
0: (laughs) Earlier this week, I caught up with Sarah as the autumn days are getting ever shorter in Orlesund to discover whether there have been any developments to her plans. It's good to meet you again, Sarah, and good to make contact and to follow up on that wonderful original interview you gave us. (laughs) Yeah, and I was wondering, have you any developments on a sense of direction for the future yet?
1: Yeah, we actually kind of felt for a while that maybe change is coming. And then during the last two months, we've talked about it and heard about it and decided that we're going to move to the south of Norway to a different Y1 base and help out there. So yeah, we are there is a new sense of direction and it takes us to a different city
0: in Norway. Oh, are you allowed to tell us which one, or is it still a secret?
1: Uh, no, it's not a secret. It's uh, it's a place called Hamar, and
0: um, about
1: an hour outside Oslo. Uh,
0: quite a long way from where you are now.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a very flat country here. It's big mountains and yeah, uh, and ocean. But there, it's flattened more farmland, so it'll be very different.
0: And you're looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, I think there's mixed feelings, but I'm also looking forward to yeah this new chapter and popping out down there, and it'll be a new chapter for all four of us, and I think there's something good in it,
0: yeah. Okay, what about now that autumn is coming in Norway, and Ålesund is particularly far north, and the darkness is much longer now than the light of the days, and they're getting shorter all the time, and it's getting colder. Have you got any tips of how people could cope with darkness and the cold of winter?
1: Yeah, I think there's a few ways in which they cope here. <laughs> One is that I think when when it is light, that doesn't mean that it's not raining or it's not clouded, but the daylight hours to go outside at least once during the daylight, because everybody here tries to go outside at least once, no matter what the weather, so that you can it just, if you've been inside all day, it, it, I guess it really affects your mood. So it's important to, no matter what the weather, go outside once a day. I think everybody here does that, no matter what. And I think also to maybe, or something I learned here is that people here don't fight the darkness. They don't try and put huge amounts of lights on in the house. They often kind of embrace the darkness and put candles on and make it cozy and, you know, put warm socks on and have fairy lights up really early at, and, <laughs> like, not just for on the Christmas tree, but in general, like, make the place kind of cozy and light a fire or, you know, yeah, or candles. Candles are used a lot or have hot chocolate or, yeah, just kind of embracing the darkness rather than trying to trying to fight it um some people also use those kind of sun lamps <laughs> in the winter that they occasionally maybe at breakfast time it's really dark but it's a special lamp that it's just as daylight kind of mimics daylight and so at breakfast time you could start the day with that and then but in the evening kind of embrace the darkness and just yeah make it cozy um and i think also I guess it's also an opportunity to kind of slow down. I know it's sometimes hard with Christmas and all the busyness, but actually, when it gets darker, it's actually an opportunity to go. Or actually, I think previously in older days, you know, the summers were busy times of harvesting and in the winter was more time to quieten and reflect. And I, I don't know, maybe to go back to that. Uh, the Norwegians can be a more quiet people that. You know, have quite gentle music and <laughs> yes. and it can be really nice just to, you know, to do quiet things, you know, listen to gentle music and sit and read and, you know, to, to quieten down. So I think to take the opportunity and see the good in the wintertime, see the good in it. And here they also say there's no bad weather, there's only bad clothing. So to take every opportunity, no matter what the weather, go outside.
0: It's not bad weather, it's bad clothing.
1: Yeah, there's no bad weather, there's only
0: bad clothing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like that. Do they make much of St. Lucie's Day in Orlefund?
1: Yeah, yeah. because of course light matters so much and it gets so dark. The darkest day and the lightest day are very celebrated. So yeah, all the schools and have sort of little processions and they like candles and yeah, it's... Uh, a big
0: thing. And do the girls really walk around with lighted candles on their heads?
1: Yeah. (laughs) And all the children in
0: nursery or I don't know if they do this at school
1: because my children are nursery age, but they dress up in white and they all hold a candle and walk around. Yeah, they do that.
0: (laughs) It's been good to have you. It's been very, very good. And there's a lot that people can listen to and really take in deeply. And I'm so grateful to you for being brave enough to be part of this. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you. <laughs> so I wonder if you have a prayer you could use.
1: Yeah, sure. I can, I can pray. God, I pray that whoever is listening is encouraged right now and would know in their heart that you see them. You see their pain. You see their joy. You see their wishes, their desires. You see what what they've lost. You see the burdens they carry. And I pray, Lord, that every person listening right now would be able to bring all these things to you and would find peace uh, and would find that you Trade paying for joy. They can trade with you, and that you are somebody who gives back good give things. You want to give good gifts to all your children, Pray so that they would give you any difficulties, any burdens, and any pain. And that they would find that you can trade them for joy and for peace, for life, and for all the good gifts that you promise from your Holy Spirit. All the yeah, all the fruits of the Spirit, God. Pray that we would be with every person right now. Yeah, that we would uh, hold them right
0: now. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. Sarah's random book, as she describes it, is called Reese Howells' Intercessor by Norman Grubb. Howells was a Welsh miner who learned to love the unlovely and found the key to prayer. The key for Sarah is to look outward and upward, away from the darkness in ourselves and perceive the immensity of the cosmos, an awesome creation which speaks to us of the majesty of God the Creator and then to recognise that I matter to him, that he knows me and loves me. Sarah's prayer is for encouragement. May we know that God sees our pain, our joy, our wishes, our desires, what we have lost and what we have to bear. And may we know God's peace. Next time we welcome Joan Campbell, a writer and novelist from Johannesburg in South Africa. Until then, this is Trevor Stubbs signing off. In the meantime, whatever challenges you face, may you know the presence of God with you.